some audio from Bills head coach Sean McDermott talking about his thought process on developing a young quarterback, which of course the Bills have in Nathan Peterman. Doesn't sound like right now their goal is to start him immediately, barring, of course, injury to Tyrod Taylor. And we're now going to invite on a good friend of the show from over at the Rock Sports Network, Ryan Lasel of The Huddle, which he co-hosts with Icy Vic. Been on our show on several occasions. Always appreciate his Bill's takes. Ryan, thanks as always for coming on. I appreciate the time. Always a pleasure to be on with you, Sam. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll start with kind of that, that audio I just played. You hear McDermott's thoughts on, on kind of the way he sees the process of developing a quarterback. What do you make of his perspective? Is it the right way to go about this, you think? Or, I guess, of the two philosophies, which one would you subscribe to? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the, the two different philosophies, and I think you've got examples on both sides of the table. Obviously, you know, two of the best quarterbacks, to ever play the game, let alone in the game right now. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady both did sit behind veteran quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. But you look at the new, kind of the new way to handle quarterbacks, and it's not to have them sit. I mean, you look at guys like Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, they all played their rookie year, and a lot of them had success their rookie season because they've got teams around them, you know, that have played so well, specifically Russell Wilson, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, those types of guys, Andy Dalton, not only started their rookie season, but went to the playoffs their rookie yeah. seasons, which, you know, is a lot of the argument that Bills fans use on why you can't just throw a quarterback in. Well, the NFL these days is such a passing league. It's such a quarterback-friendly league that it's not what it was in the early 90s, late 80s, when, you know, you were seeing these guys sit for a year, two years, and then all of a sudden come in and take the reins. So, you know, I, I mean, I think it's a – I hate to call it this because I really do like McDermott as a head coach. I think he's done some great things with Buffalo so far. But I feel like letting a guy sit is an antiquated way to look at quarterbacks. And I think the only way to get that experience is to do what a, a team like Cleveland's doing, a team like Philadelphia did last year, a team like the Rams have done. Throw your quarterback in. And if you don't have your guy, their contracts are friendly enough now where you can move on from them in, in two years, maybe three years down the line when you know – this isn't our guy we're seeing at Jacksonville now with Blake Bortles. You know, they don't have a better option, but he's been a guy where they say, we've got four years of tape on him. We know he's not our guy. We're going to move on, and, and there's no financial ramifications to it. Yeah, it's, it's a tough call. It's a tough balance either way, I think. But I, I'm with you in the sense that in today's NFL – you do see that quite a bit more. And two names you left off your list, even Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, those are two other guys. Yeah. I always like to think... They're really good guys. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've been playing excellent through their first couple of years and supposed to kind of take that turn this third year. But the other the thing that I always kind of look at that I think is the really the most important factor to me is that it's not so much if a guy's ready to start immediately. It's more about the situation that the team is in. Like you look at a team, you use Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston as the examples. Both those guys came into teams that they knew were going to be terrible. And I'm pretty sure the organizations at that time kind of accepted, we are going to be what we are. We want you to be our starting quarterback, though. And so the pressure was kind of off them to just kind of go out, play football, learn the game, but there was no pressure to win right now. And I think that's kind of led to them to maybe having more success in the early going of their careers than other quarterbacks have. In Buffalo, it's a tough situation because you're you're on a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 17 years. Fans want you to win right now, and as soon as you take the field as a rookie, you're getting compared to the guy across the aisle in the, on the Patriots, Tom Brady, and they think you're the next big thing. So I, I think the situation has a lot to do with it too. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I think after, you know, Buffalo fans are looking at every guy that steps onto the field, he has a little bit of success, whether it's preseason or regular season, and he's the best quarterback since Kelly. We've heard it with Jeff Toole and Trent Edwards and J.P. Lawson and Tyrod Taylor. You know, it's, it, you see a little bit of success. That he's your manual, people said it about. Yeah. You know, you see a little bit of success from a guy, and all of a sudden he's the savior. I mean, I think it, the problem with that is, is that the fans are going to feel how the fans feel. They want to win football games. But the, the front office and the coaching staff have to take an honest look at this team and say, where are we? Are, are we a team that's going to win football games? Or are we a team that is going to struggle to win football games? And if the answer is the latter, then you need to, to start a guy that you think, you know, is specifically a rookie in Nathan Peterman. If you think he fits your offense and he's a guy that can step in and, and manage the game as well as Tyrod Taylor, or even a little bit worse, knowing that you're not going to win a lot of football games, then, you know, then you start him. If, if you think you can compete with the roster you have, then Tyrod Taylor is your guy because he's shown he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's not going to win games for you necessarily, but he's not going to go out and lose any games for you. And so you're going to compete with your defense, and that's the kind of quarterback you need. So before we move on to the, some Marcel Darius talk, just to clarify, if it was up to you, the Bills would start Nathan Peterman week one, regardless of Tyrod Taylor's injury situation. Uh, if it's up to me, because I am a little bit more pessimistic on the, the talent that's on this mm-hmm. team, and I know we'll get into that a yeah. little bit later, um, I don't think that this team has a very high ceiling regardless of who's that quarterback. Knowing you've got six picks in the first 90 coming up in this NFL draft, I think you need to take an honest look at the rookie that's on your roster in, in Nathan Peterman and see if he's a guy where you can say, I, we don't need to trade up for a Josh Allen or a, you know, a Josh Rosen, some, somebody like that. Um, you know, and if that's the case, then great. If, if not, at least you know what you've got in the rookie and you don't need to worry about a competition next season coming into camp. Fair perspective from Ryan Lasel of the Rock Sports Network. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Lasel underscore RSN. RSN stands, of course, for Rock Sports Network. Does great job covering the bills for the Rock Sports Network and obviously has some some very good insight into the team as always. We'll get into, as you said, kind of this this fun debate we had on Facebook earlier today. Um, but before we get to that, the, the big debate, of course, everyone's talking about is the Marcel Darius situation. Missed the team bus, it sounds like, on Saturday ahead of the Bills' third preseason game in Baltimore. Was promptly sent home. Uh, Sean McDermott kind of laying down the law, ruling with an iron fist, if you will. As much as Sean McDermott has preached that he gave everybody a clean slate when he came in here, it's hard to ignore his spotted past situations of getting suspended for violating the league's substance abuse policy, saying he's going to rehab and then being out on the chip strip till 2 a.m. partying. Just it just this, this snowball effect with him. He just doesn't seem to learn. And I think Bills fans, rightfully so, are over his shtick and are ready to move on from him. Do you think that's the right idea? Contract parameters aside, is moving on from Marcel Darius something the Bills should consider? Marcel Darius is a guy who's talented enough where he should get as many opportunities as he gets the NFL to give him. I, I look at a guy like Josh Gordon. The only reason the Browns uh, have moved on from Josh Gordon is because they've been forced to move on from Josh Gordon. He's not yeah. allowed to play football right now. Same thing with Johnny Manziel. Manziel is a little bit different of a, of a story. I mean, you, you were forced to move on from him, and I don't think he's that talented. But Marcel Darius is, when on the field, the best defensive player for the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know very many people who follow the team that would argue that point um he, he's by far the most talented player on the team i'd maybe the i'd maybe say jerry hughes is close but i do i, I do yeah. agree that he's he's certainly a difference maker on that defense for sure 
Yeah, and, and I think you could make the argument that along with Jerry Hughes that he's arguably uh, one of maybe a top two, top three most talented player on the entire roster. You don't yeah. you don't move on from a guy like that because he makes boneheaded decisions. You do what Dallas did with Des Bryant and you give him a babysitter, and you don't allow him to miss the team bus. You don't let him rent vehicles when he's playing in an opposing city's team or opposing team city. You don't let him do things that are going to allow him to make these boneheaded decisions. You have somebody who's going to knock on his door, you know, 20 minutes before the team bus shows up and says, all right, let's get on the bus. It's time to go. Um, you don't you don't let him make these, these super boneheads. But you can't control what he does in terms of substance abuse, things like that. I feel like he's turned the corner on that aspect of things. We don't see him, you know, we don't see a lot of pictures of him out doing that kind of stuff anymore. You know, obviously he hasn't gotten in trouble since uh, last season, but he's too talented of a guy for you to – Financials aside, he's too talented of a guy for you to just say you're not worth the distraction because, what, as LaShawn McCoy said about Colin Kaepernick, where his talent doesn't outweigh the distraction, Marcel Darius does. He's too talented to say that, you know, we're just going to move on because we don't like your attitude. He's a good enough player where you deal with that and you kind of put safeguards around him so he can stay out of trouble. Yeah, a little bit of a different take on it. I know a lot of Bills fans are just automatically jumping to, oh, let's move on from him. They're over him. And I get that, but it's interesting to hear somebody actually advocate for the other side of the conversation. And truthfully, regardless of whichever side you stand on, I don't think it's really likely that he gets moved given the parameters of his contract right now. He'd be a thirty-eight. He'd cost thirty-eight million in dead cap fees against for the Bills if they were to cut him, trading him. Who's going to take on the the massive amounts of base salary numbers that he makes the next two seasons? So. I think at least in the short term, this season and even maybe next season, he's a bill for for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll move on to our final topic of conversation here to to kind of wrap this thing up. Um, we were on Facebook the other or earlier today, I should say, and we were kind of going back and forth on the Browns versus the Bills, the two I guess teams that are the butt of all the jokes in the NFL. Both have long playoff droughts. Um, and the Browns have kind of, I guess, a couple years ahead of the Bills gone in on this process of trading for draft picks, going through the rebuild, and the Bills kind of seem to be following that trend as well. But we were debating specifically entering this season which team is going to win more games. And I was kind of on the side of, well, I still think the Bills have more of a talented team and a complete team than the Browns do who are kind of in that rebuilding phase and bringing in some young talent. You think the Browns, though, are going to win more games than the Bills? Yeah, I do. I think I think the Browns are a team that, uh, when you look at the schedule, when you look at the division that they play in, and I think when you look at just the overall talent across the roster, I think the Browns are. I mean, I, I'm going to get a lot of flack from from mm-hmm. my Bills fan friends that you know follow me on Twitter, but I think the Browns are a more talented team right now than the Buffalo Bills, especially after the trade to get rid of Darby and to get rid of uh, Sammy Watkins. I find it. I go position by position, and I find it difficult to not pick more Browns players than Bills players. There's some positions that I think are kind of a push, um, but I, I have a hard time picking more Bills than, than Browns. So I, I, that's just my my opinion on it. So, I, you know, I, especially with the schedule. The Browns play in a division that's, you know, not super strong. You don't know what the Bengals are going to be this year. The Ravens don't have Joe Flacco. The Steelers are what the Steelers are, but there's going to go as Ben Roethlisberger goes. The problem with Ben Roethlisberger is that he's turned into such a 
night and day quarterback. He, he's reminiscent of Drew Brees right now. Yeah, on where the road versus when at home. Outside of the dome, he's terrible. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger is the same way. When he's not playing in in Pittsburgh, he's a terrible quarterback. And and you know, and that's it's tough to say for a guy that's been so good for so long. But that that division is a division where you could go five hundred, and you know, now all of a sudden you win three, four more games throughout the course of the season, and that's that's more than I think the Bills are going to get total. So. You know, I definitely think that they're in a position to win more football games, and I think you can make a very valid argument that they're a more talented football team right now. Yeah, I think in your in your argument on your side, I, I think the schedule thing is maybe what makes me feel a little uneasy about saying the Bills are going to win more games because you are right. I, I think the Bills' schedule is obviously much harder than the Browns this year, especially oh, yeah. given the division that they play in. Um, but – I mean, you, you, you assume two wins against the Jets, maybe, but the Dolphins could still be. They were a playoff team last year. So, uh, again, I, I think that's that kind of maybe favors your side. I, I guess the way I, and I kind of said this earlier, the thing I look at most is what team I, – I just feel like they're with the Browns, I understand they revamped and they brought in not only some young rookies and kind of you know younger talent, but they also brought in uh, some veterans, especially along the offensive line. Um, and they got a guy like Jamie Collins who they bring back and re-signed him. So I get that they have some pieces that are, are, are more of a foundational thing. I just don't know that with the young talent sprinkled in, they're ready to kind of turn that corner yet. I think they're maybe a year or two away from being a real playoff contender. I, I, I would, my, I, I said earlier, I would, I would, if your argument was I'd rather be in the Browns situation right now than the Bills, I'm a hundred percent with you. I think they're trending up a little quicker than the Bills are at this point. But oh, I just yeah. kind of feel yeah. like I just have this feeling like, okay, it's also it's not about the individual players; it's about how they all kind of play together. And there's going to be so many growing pains for a lot of those young Browns players that I don't know that they're quite there yet. Whereas the Bills, I think, have veterans, whether they're better or worse than certain Browns players individually, they have more veterans, I think, who can adjust and kind of get through the season and and, and do enough to win more games than them. It'll be interesting, though. I, th- I think you're right. These two teams at face value are probably looking towards the bottom of the league in terms of record. Yeah, and I think definitely the bottom of the league, I think Bills fans should be, uh, based on what Bills fans think that this team, football team needs, I think the Bills fans should be rooting for the Cleveland Browns this year because they want Deshaun Kaiser to be a guy who's going to be a successful quarterback. Because that means that's one less team that's going to need a quarterback coming into this yeah, draft. Exactly. That's one more team you don't have to worry about taking your guy, whoever you decide that to be, whether it's Lamar Gaston or John Rosen or you know Sam Darnold, whoever you want your guy to be. If the Browns don't have to pick a quarterback, they they are one, probably the only team in the NFL right now that has the ammunition to get up into the top three to take a quarterback. The Buffalo Bills are probably the other team that can do that. So if you don't have to worry about the Browns doing it, then the Bills have kind of free reign to move wherever they want in the first round and take their guy. So the Bills are still be rooting for Cleveland. Um, you know, whether you're going to or not, I don't know. I know a lot of fans don't want Cleveland to be successful before the Bills. It is what it is. I, you know, I prefer to say let's let Deshaun Kaiser go out and, and light things up. And now I don't have to worry about another team needing a quarterback, and I can go get my guy come from 2018 draft. Yeah, fair point. Ryan Lasel of the Rock Sports Network. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Lasel underscore RSN. Good stuff. This was a fun conversation. I always enjoy uh, having you on because we can go back and forth a little bit with each other, but at the end of the day, it's all out of love. Yeah, it's all love, man. It's always <laughs> a great time talking to you and great time, you know, kind of having that mental battle with you a little bit. So yeah. It's always fun. Absolutely. Appreciate you giving us some time today, Ryan. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. 
Yep, sounds good. Thanks.